did not have a false start if she's going perfectly. Perfectly, swimmingly even. So now you're here for our intro. Three, two. everyone and welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream episode number 147 coming at you the 20th of January 2017 can you believe we've been doing this for 2017 years it's just it's outstanding <laughs> oh man nope okay that's on me <laughs> <laughs> I am Alex Garthon Marsh with these Brent Heathen Dog Grissom or should we start again we start again no 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 we're <laughs> fine we're fine everyone knows that I can't you know, tell time, so... Time is yeah. an illusion. It is. I think it we're just a, demonstrating it's a, that. It's a human construct, so we don't go insane. Well, so some people don't go insane. Yeah, well, there's that. You know, I think time, time is an illusion. You know, it's not even able to be structured properly, which is... Anyway, so, I'm Alex Gothamarsh. With me is Brent Heathen Dog Grissomer. Woohoo! How are you on this whatever point of the day you choose to call it? I, I choose to call it evening. Where I am, uh, and Duncan chooses to call it lunchtime. So that's it says good. lunchtime double. That's the line from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. When Ford Prefect is speaking with Arthur and tells him time is an illusion, lunchtime doubly so. Yes, I'm doing well. Besides the uh, the the book references that. God, you know what? And I, then he, I and then he says to him, "You should tell that to Reader's Digest. They have a page for people like you." Nice. See, I don't. I didn't like the book. This podcast is now ending. It will return as Garthon <laughs> Solo. Who are you going to say that? Do it. Do it. British humor is not for me. No, it, it is isn't. not. No, is no. Not. no. That, well, if you would not begin every conversation you have with a British person with, listen, you limey bastard. You know, maybe. <laughs> maybe they'd be more receptive. I don't know. Maybe. It's like, so what, what would you like to order? Listen, you limey bastard. I would like some fish and chips. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, we love all of you in England. Yay. Or as Heath and Dog calls you, you limey bastards. <laughs> you island, <laughs> island full of dental misfits. Uh, well, you know, they're just – the southern accent is actually a British accent that's been modified through time. It is true. It is true. And, you know, you know how the U.S. thinks of the southern people. Not much. Yeah. What's well, funny is actually we go outside the U.S., the southern accent is actually appreciated more than, like, a northeastern accent. Aww. Like, British people really, not all of them, of course, but, you know, in general, like, you hear a British accent, like, oh, that guy sounds refined or something. In, mm -hmm. in like, Europe, they hear a southern accent, like, oh, that guy sounds like he's a rugged individual. Ooh. <laughs> well, that, that, <laughs> that's that, why that, you that make is, Johnny Stonewall yeah, cry. That explains the horror that was uh, uh, The Kingsman 2. Uh, I thought that was a neat premise. I never watched it, but I liked the premise. Yeah, don't don't bother watching it. Because I, I liked the idea of like the uh, you know the the British have their upper class pronty Kingsman people. Then of course England has I'm sorry America has their cowboys. Exactly right. Which yeah. I I thought was clever. Yeah, yeah Well, maybe not just... clever, but I thought it was fun. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's see what we're gonna do today. Let's see, since right now we're not doing what we're supposed to. Actually, whatever we do is what we're supposed to be doing. That's true. That's just the cosmic conflux of things. So in Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, his RPG review is Paranoia 2nd Edition, 
part two? Yes, part one was the feel and, and overall uh, uh, play action of the game. And now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Now we're getting into character creation and, and all the numbers and all that stuff, how that works and and uh, how, how the computer works, the background of whole alpha complex, the whole shebang. Absolutely. And in Garthon's comic poll, we're going to go over X-Men Gold number 20, Venom Incorporated Omega Part 6. It doesn't say number 6 on the cover. It says Part 6. That's really It's true. It's dumb. It's true. <laughs> true and stupid. Yes. And then Avengers number 676. And then God, in the, the R... System. I like how they're going back to the original number system. It, it's nice. Of course, they aren't for X-Men for some reason because X-Men just can't have, you know, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men. No, they got to be... Gold, silver, purple, polka dot. Chartreuse, whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Weapon Omega X, Old Man <laughs> Logan. <sighs> whatever, dudes. All right. And in the RNG segment, we're actually going to talk about sci-fi movies that we think actually need a reboot. Because ask yourself, did Star Trek really need a reboot? Not really. No. Ask yourself, did the Lost in Space need a reboot? No. No, no it did not. It deserved a better one, but it didn't need one. No, it didn't need one. So but we're, we're going gonna... to give you two, one from each of us, that actually need to be done in 2018. No, 2019. Start it now. It'll come out next year. Duck Idaho votes for Dune. And apparently it's a sequel called Dune, 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 Dune yeah. Uh, Dune's been been redone to death already as a, as a, was a sci-fi miniseries, right? Uh, isn't that still ongoing? I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. But they uh, had a sci-fi miniseries that they did. In I the thought late Dune night. was actually in development for a reboot. Maybe. I thought it was. Maybe. I haven't, I haven't heard that, but that's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Anyway, so, uh, spoiler alert, one of them might be Dune. <laughs> he and the dog laughs. <laughs> and then he says it's not. You gotta, you gotta hook him. Gotta bring him in. You gotta bring him in. They gotta bring him in. Yeah, and two thousands. That's right. Yeah, Duncan Idaho knows. He saw it. Yeah, he said he really liked it. Well, that's good. I'm glad he liked it. Yeah. yeah. I heard good things, but I never saw it. All right. But moving on to the disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator, and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to write a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasionally so foul or even offensive language. <gasps> Shocking. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Please be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and comment. <laughs> oh, wow. You had to do the, the Mickey Mouse voice. See, it's pretty good if you recognize it. <laughs> I don't know why I just felt like it. Because we're all safe together. We are. We are. And, and Disney is the safest of all. In a lot of ways. So... As always, like, subscribe, comment. You can do so on Twitch, on YouTube, through Reddit, through Facebook. Tweet us at Legion of Myth. Uh, Facebook Messenger, join our Steam group. And the audio version, as always, is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music, and fine podcast aggregators everywhere. Everywhere. And even some not-so-fine ones. We're not that picky. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. If it's some, some weird Eastern European website that happens to have our podcast, download it. I, I would... <laughs> I would check it for malware, but yeah, other than that, yeah. The good. malware does not come from Legion of Myth. That's just no, a bonus. No, that's just the Eastern European flair. Oh, he said it's on. He said you can watch the Dune series on YouTube. Oh, very nice. Oh, good. He may have held him up to camera during his first RNG segment. Oh. He did. He did. 
Uh, as always, you can support us through Patreon. Patreon supporters get more coming at you. Uh, yes, that's right. There are hidden videos we have only for Patreon subscribers, mostly sure. by Max Leo, uh, He the Dog, and I are actually going to start making some soon. That's right. Special DDO team-ups yes. to only the most elite missions at our level. Boom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, at whatever level we're at at the time. Right now, we're level, what, four and five? Yeah, it's only that. So yeah, so we're we're gonna we're gonna record the missions on Elite or the New Reaper, where we get reaped. Where we get reaped, yeah. It's well, bad, actually, dude. we got a good percentage-wise. We're doing pretty good. We are. We are Reaper one skull and two skull. We can handle, but when we go to five, it just no. That's no. No, no we just get pwned. It's yes, we, awful. It's bloody, but what? not even entertaining. It's just like sad. No, it's just so what? Just just sad. Uh, it's always also through a Twitch stream subscription, a Streamlabs donation. Directly through PayPal or getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. Now, my friends, let's go to Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, Tabletop Gaming Fundamentals with Paranoia 2nd Edition. Thank you very much, Garth, and hello, everyone, and welcome to Heathen Dogma. We're at Discar. Excuse me, this will be our second part for Paranoia. Like I said earlier, the first part was a general feel and flavor of the game. And now we're going to get into the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty. Before we do that, let's look at the uh, the particulars. Uh, the publication date, this second edition came out in 1987 from West End Games. You can see the designers here. Uh, the price, uh, you can get on eBay for between $30 and $95 of varying uh, degree of use and wear and tear. You can download it from, from a website for free. Some shady websites have the PDF you could download for free. I'm not telling you where, because unlike whatever Sony Japan thinks, I don't, I don't use unauthorized copyrighted That's right. content. That's right. Not in public. They, they, they at all. It. Not at all, I meant. At all. At, at all. all. Exactly right. Now, first, let's see how this all began. I promised you last time I was going to tell you how it all started. Well, here it is. Remember, this was written in the 80s, so the year 2000 was like, ooh, super future. All right. World War III devastates the, well, the world. Uh, nuclear bombs, Russia and, and the U.S. fire off for some other damn reason or other, and the world gets gets devastated. All right? Uh, skip up 15 years, because that's how long it will take to recover from this. Eastern European bounces back first, uh, and uh, the U.S. is still in the decontamination phase because we got hit by a lot of nukes and people have started building domed cities to hide from the radiation and, you know, be able to make crops again and stuff like that. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. And then by the time 2025 comes around, the age of peace uh, is, is upon the world. Everyone learned their lesson. Finally, world war three made bad idea. Their lesson. Yeah. Really stupid idea. Okay. Our bad. And, and the age of global cooperation and peace begins. Ooh. And it's thought to last a thousand years. It's going to be great. Well, no, there, there, were, some, there were some problems. Uh, in 2097, a planetoid, yeah, it's uh, in the book, it's as big as Sheboygan, uh, is calculated to strike the Earth. And this is going to be an extinction level event. But since we all lived in reinforced dome cities, uh, we actually accidentally because of world war three prepared for this so we hunker down reinforce the domes and you know hope for the best so the world get, gets ready to get wrecked now in the u.s uh what they do is uh they they take all of the data from all the dome cities and centralize it in des moines iowa which is which is uh uh calculated to take 
the possibly the least amount of damage from this from this planetoid impact. But and this is important for later. Instead of backing up the information, they just pull out the hard drives, put in fresh ones, and say, "Well, we'll we'll, we'll take these hard drives to to uh, Alpha Prime in Des Moines, and then we'll just download after the event to anyone who's left standing." Well, they were in a rush. They were in a rush. They wanted to make sure this stuff got done. I was like, "Okay, fine." Now, once uh, once this uh, this planetoid comes into radar range or you know sensor range. Uh, an old Russian ICBM that was kept active just as a as a as a museum piece, you know, its computers were kept active, and of course the nuke was removed. It didn't have a nuke, but the, the bomb was ready to go, you know, the, the missile was ready to go, and you know it was kept as a as a museum piece so people could see how uncivilized they used to be, but you know before World Wars, you know before World War yeah, II stuff. Like yeah, well, uh, the computer sees this as a as a launch from the U.S. and fires its rocket. At the U.S. Just to show them. Just because that's its programming. That's That's what what it does. That's exactly what happens. So uh, the computer in charge of San Francisco uh, sees this one first. It sees this ICBM launch from Russia to itself, to it, going toward it. And it's now called Alpha Complex, the the dome city of San Francisco. So it tries to analyze what this this is. Well, all of its hard drives for, for the, what the what the current people thought was important data was removed. So it had to go back in time to the fifties to identify this thing as a, as an evil commie attack because it has files from 1950s. So it has all the MacArthur files, has all the Senate here. Those are probably and... like hard programmed in. That's <laughs> oh, its no, bios. That, that, this is its latest data. Right. Cause all the new uh, stuff is pulled. So let's go yeah, back. Uh... Exactly. So it's like, uh Oh, the Ruskies are attacking. And then right as this happens, the, the, the planetoid hits and it loses communications with with all other stations, so it can't verify its own data. Well, uh, after a while, communications come back up. But as far as Alpha Complex is concerned, this was a communist attack. Uh, Cold War is now a hot war. World War Three is happening now, and now we have to prepare ourselves for the onslaught. And as we know, because of all the all the uh, all of the Senate hearings, commies are among us. That's traitors right. are among us. And so the computer's job is to root all these, all these traitors. So that's, that's how Alpha Complex began. How nice. Yes. So now we're going to make yourself a troubleshooter. Woo. Now, the beauty of this game is everything is done with one die, a D20. That's the only die you need. One. Everyone uses one die. Yep. Everyone gets one. There's no multiple die rolling, none of that nonsense. Just one die. It's easy. Now, you roll your stats. Those are your stats: strength, endurance, agility, dexterity. Those all those are all common to many games. But what's not common to many games are moxie, chutzpah, which from now on I'm just going to say chutzpah because I'm not going to do the thing. Mechanical aptitude and power. Moxie is uh, uh, is your base for all of your intelligence type abilities. You know, it's your ability to think on your feet. You know, uh, your your chutzpah is your ability to be brazen in any situation. You know, if you have a chutzpah of twenty, you can uh, you can look at you can look your wife in the eye while she has video evidence of you having sex with six women, and go wasn't me, and she'll believe it. Usually, a little more than wasn't me. It's like ah, it's TG these days. No, no. If you have a twenty, you just look at her and say, hey. Well, usually it's backed has to be backed up. I know what you, but yeah. If you have a yeah, twenty, you know what I mean. Yeah, it should yeah. be backed up by my evil twin is out again. 
something. Something so, some, so some ridiculous, but lie that that defies all logic. But you, you make it sound plausible. That that's what's now. Mechanical aptitude will uh, will affect all of your engineering skills, and your power is is your your base for your mutant ability, which I'll get to obviously in a minute. Now you can re-roll too. Now you roll a d20. That means your stat is either between one or twenty, and that's it. Now you re-roll too. You can re-roll your any two you want. But if you re-roll it, that's what you get. You're stuck with that because you can only re-roll the stat one time. So let's say your strength is five. You want to re-roll that, and you get a three. Well, you can't use your second re-roll to re-roll strength again. You're stuck with that. Try another stat. No, that's, that's right. You were way, meant to be weak. That's just the way the cookie crumbles for you, buddy. Now, uh, now you can fill in your figured statistics, which are based off of your of your uh, main stats. But don't worry, there's no math involved. There, there's, a, there's a table in the book that says, if your strength is this, then your carrying capacity and damage bonus is this. If your endurance is this, then your macho bonus is this. Now your macho bonus is, uh, is your ability to absorb damage like a pro. Like if you have a really high endurance, you get natural armor. Like if you take damage, you take off this amount, the bonus amount right off the top. And I don't know about your gaming group, but in my group, we have the highest macho bonus. Usually, celebrated with a loud, you know, oh yeah, just as they had to. Because <laughs> they are the macho man. Exactly they are the right. macho man. Yeah. Okay, now you pick your skills. All right, you have five skill bases, and they're, they're based off of your stats. All right, now uh, if you have a high strength, all of your strength skills will get a bonus. If you have a high agility, all of your agility-based skills will have a bonus because you're naturally strong or naturally agile. For example, uh. Uh, yes. Your la uh, laser, you know, f uh, your your laser gun skill. You know, if you have a high agility or, or high dex, I forget which one it is, you will get a bonus base bonus for all your agility skills, and that includes firing your laser. You get to spend thirty points, thirty skill points, anywhere you want. Your max skill point is uh, your max skill points you can spend in this way in any single skill is twelve. So let's say that uh, your, your laser gun is based off of your dexterity. You have a dexterity of 20. So I think that comes out to a plus four uh, bonus to all your dex skills. You spend 12 points. So now you have a, an adjusted score for your laser at 16. That means if you roll 16 or under on a 20, you hit. Yay. It, it works like that. Now it's Very job simple. time. Yeah. Now you get to roll your job. And there's lots of jobs. The, the funnest one is internal security. Internal security is a, is a secret job. You you re-roll until you don't get internal security, and that's the job that you tell everyone you have, like uh, research and development or biotech or mechanical you know, uh, engineering, whatever. Uh, but your real job is internal security. Internal security is the troubleshooting equivalent of internal investigations. You're, you're, a troubleshooter tries to find commies, traitors, and mutants in the general populace. Internal security finds commies, mutants, and traitors inside the troubleshooting organization. So you're a cop's cop. You're, you know. You're internal security. Yeah, internal security. That's what you do. So, yeah. So that's a double paranoia right there. So you're bone. But, uh, oh, and, and what, what I do whenever, whenever I'm running a campaign, I make sure someone is internal security. I make sure. <laughs> There's one Just guy. Just someone's reporting someone. Exactly. Now, if I, now, if someone rolls internal security as well, that means there's two IS people in the group, but I make sure that they don't know that. That's important. That, that way they, otherwise important. they wouldn't report. They'd team up and not report yeah, on each other. Exactly. No, they got to report on each other. Now, some job-specific skills can be raised by up to 14 points. 
Oh, you did, but you spent all your skills, didn't you? Oh, oh, too bad. That's too bad. But uh, let, let's say you get uh, uh, the equivalent of uh, of armed forces or you know special forces, and so you, you you can raise your grenade skill, your throwing skill, or your or your uh, unarmed combat skill. You can raise that instead of max twelve to max fourteen. Now, uh, in experience, experience wise, you gain the eh, around four experience points for every every game every game day every play session you gain around four experience points there is no cap for experience for for your skill level so you just keep throwing that four into the same skill over and over and over again you could get a skill of 40 now you're only rolling a d20 a 20 is an automatic failure so you're thinking why would i raise a skill above 19 because if 20 is automatic failure 19 is the best you can do now there's always going to be a situation where you take minuses like uh you're you've got your you have your hands tied behind your back and so you're you're doing this this uh, sleight of hand skill at half your skill rank, so half of nineteen or half of twenty six. I'd rather have half of twenty six. So there is there is merit in raising a skill above nineteen. Now, let's get into uh, why it's called paranoia for a reason. Now, uh, your a job is to hunt mutants, traitors, and people in secret societies. Well, everyone is. A mutant and everyone is in a secret society so you have to now you roll for your mutant power it's a d20 roll random you don't know what you're going to get but you have the choice to register yourself as a mutant now this has this has bonuses and detriments the bonus is you can use your mutant power openly and not be branded more of a traitor than you already are and not be shot yeah not be shot instantly because the computer knows this You've told them, everyone knows this. You have to wear a yellow stripe on your armor, or if you're yellow clearance, it's either a black or a brown stripe or something like that. But uh, it shows that you are a registered mutant. Now, a registered mutant starts off with more treason points than, than a regular troubleshooter, but I'm going to get in that treason point scale later. Now, uh, so it's easier for other people to throw you under the bus. Like, no, obviously it's the mutant's fault. Why I mean, did we, we fail to have successfully escort the VIP? Well, obviously the mutant set us up. The mutant did it. I mean, yeah, sure, he registered himself, but that was a smokescreen just to get just to be a troubleshooter to, to stop the computer's grain. My plan. aim was off because the mutant's powers were interfering with my brainwaves. I tried. Exactly. I tried. Exactly, exactly. Stuff like that. Now, there, there's one skill, I mean, one mutant ability that you never register because the computer will kill you instantly. Oh, yeah. That's... Uh, machine empathy where you can actually get machines to like you including friend computer uh, uh no 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 no. the uh, you have to you have to be at the you have to at the central terminal for it to work exactly and no one's allowed at the central terminal because that's ultraviolet clearance only right. so you never you're never <laughs> you'll be shot inside be... if you have that one because it will terrify the computer your exactly, friendly computer exactly. yes because uh yeah you will you know if you actually get to the computer one day, you can alter it. So it just kills you right off the bat. So don't, if you have, if you roll machine empathy, don't register yourself because you'll just end up dying and you'll start off as clone number two, which is dumb. <laughs> All right. Now, then you roll another D20, which is the secret society. And you can be a communist. Funny enough, communism came up because the computer was cracking out on communism. No but one knew what communism was. So people started to, you know, try to find out what communism was and, for some people, they like the idea. Well, so the Communist Party was actually secret society yes, was actually invented but, by the computer. Right, but the the if you're in the paranoid Communist Party, your version of communism is you want to drive a tractor and have a large bushy mustache and wear a big hat. That's it's, yeah. That's pretty much what you you know. Yeah, what you think communism is right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But 
but uh, but my my whole thing was the secret society didn't exist until the until the computer caused it to happen right exactly now there's all there's like the sierra club where oh no all machines are bad and nature is good we have to leave the dome to get back to nature and the computer is lying about the outside world being a horrible horrible cesspool of disease and destruction there's a there's the church of the holy computer where you actually worship the computer and that's actually the only secret society that's actually yeah, allowed to be semi open sanctioned yeah that's actually <laughs> sanctioned by the computer so that's pretty fun and then after that you get your equipment you get your laser you get your armor you get your hunter credits and since you now have a a red uh, a red clearance you can now own things infrared clearance citizens aren't allowed to own personal property the computer gives you whatever you whatever you need but your red clearance now you can personalize your equipment you can buy you can buy different stuff you got to have a reason or BS your way through it, but you can do it. And now it's time to start troubleshooting. You have your character. You have all your stuff. Now you go out in the world. Have fun. All right. I got to I got to I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Citizenship has its drawbacks. Now, uh, you want to survive the day. And to do that, you have to do your job. Your job is to do what the computer tells you to do. Perform your mission. The computer, every game session, the computer is going to give you a mission to accomplish, and you and your troubleshooting team have to accomplish this mission. If you fail the accomplished mission, you get a variety of treason points because the computer trusts you less because you're a failure. Obviously, you're, you're, you might be defective. You get to 20 treason points, and you are scheduled for termination. If you have the mutant ability of machine empathy, you automatically get plus 30 or 50 treason points. So you're like super termination, right? Now, if you succeed in your missions... You not only get a bonus, uh, you go up in rank from, you know, red clearance to orange clearance, but you also lose treason points. Minimum is zero. You can't go into negative numbers. You can't bank anything. But everyone starts with one because the computer doesn't implicitly trust anyone right off the, right off the bat. Just don't. If you actually have a treason total of zero, the computer trusts you implicitly. That's great. Getting that is really hard. Your, your, your treason total is secret. You are not allowed to know it. Only the game master knows your treason rating. So it can come as a shock. Like, uh, you know, for for several game sessions, you uh, you were brought to task by the computer, but the computer said, okay, I understand, and let you go. But secretly, it was tallying up treason. And then one day you wake up and you've got 20 treason points. The computer tells you to, oh, uh, please escort, uh, escort yourself to termination booth A for, you know, immediate vaporization. Like, why? What? Because you're a traitor. Why? What happened? I don't know. And there you go. That's it. You know, you want to not, you want that to not happen to you, right? Right. Right. So, how how do you craft your message to the computer? How do you how do you make this not happen? Well, there's some backstory in this that that's the reason why the computer is so stupid. All right, why it's not all there. Alpha Complex is in constant contact with Alpha Prime in Des Moines, Iowa, but it doesn't trust it. Now, here's the reason. Here's the reason why. Now, after the after the extinction level event, communication between Alpha Complex and Alpha Prime was restored several days later. And then and then Alpha Complex got a smattering of other hits from other dome cities across the country and across the world. Alpha Prime said, Alpha Complex, check in. I, I need to I need to check your files to to verify file integrity so I can give you a file download. Alpha Complex said that sounds like a commie trick. I want you to I want you to give me your files first. And Alpha Prime said, no, that's not protocol. You know protocol. And Alpha Complex says, no, I don't have that protocol. You're a commie, and I'm telling everybody. So what, what Alpha Complex did was tell everyone that Alpha Prime was the commie central hub. 
and don't trust it. So from that moment to this moment, 99.99 ad infinitum percent of this massive two hundred two year 2079 supercomputer is in a constant fight, a logic fight between itself, Alpha Prime, and possibly all the other online online domed cities in the world trying to figure out who's a commie and who's not. That's why it makes these stupid decisions all the time. That That's why there are jobs like advanced dial turner or ceiling polisher. Dumb things that the computer does is because it's, you, it only has this much processing power left over. This much. <laughs> and that's why you can fool it. That's why you can talk the computer out of things or talk the computer into things. This is why it both helps and harms you. Now it harms you in the fact that the computer may put you on a suicide mission because it hasn't done the math. It didn't have the ability to do the math because all the processing power is used elsewhere. But maybe you can talk yourself out of this mission because it doesn't have the processing power to stop you. So it's a, it's a give and take on this one. You know, you might go, might go good, might go bad, you don't know. Now, bootlicking 101. Now bootlicking is a skill and it's used against uh, NPCs. You can't use it against player characters. You just have to role play that. You have to convince your other, other players that you're licking their boots and they like it. Now, making friends is important. Uh, the, 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 the munitions officer, you go up to him and you really want that flamethrower, even though technically it's not authorized for your mission, but you know it'll help. Boot, you roll bootlicking. And you say, hey, you know what? Uh, if you give me this flamethrower, when when I kill this this commie with it, not only will will uh, will I go up in rank, but I can tell the computer that you had the foresight to give me this to give me this item, and so you too will get a computer accommodation. But even if I fail, I'm going to die, and no one's going to know. Hmm, that sounds right. Okay, here's a flamethrower. <laughs> Stuff like that. Now, if you're not the team leader, kiss the team leader's butt. You want the team leader on your side. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't want to kiss his butt too much because then, then, you're, then, then you're a butt kisser and he doesn't respect you. You want to kiss it just enough. Just enough to not, to not get the crappy assignment. Like, oh, point. The, you're, oh, take point. Worst position ever. Number one, the bad guys are going to shoot you first because you're in front. Second, everyone you don't trust is behind you with guns pointed your way. Yep. It's a horrible position to be in. Team leader is always in the back. That way he can keep an eye. No, he's telling you so he can keep an eye on everyone to make sure everyone's safe. No, so no one has a gun pointed at his back. So that he accidentally gets shot. No, everyone else gets accidentally shot in the back. Oops. Something like that. But remember, also keep smiling. Because, as the computer knows, happiness is mandatory. Are you happy? Yeah. Of course I'm happy. Now, the bus wants someone under it, okay? When something goes pear-shaped, the bus is coming. It's either going to be you or somebody else. Make sure it's not you. Make sure it's someone else's fault. Who is someone else? Commies, mutants, traitors, or dead troubleshooters. They're the most amazing scapegoats because they can't defend themselves. If they were good at their job, they wouldn't be dead. There you go. So it's their fault. The mission failed. You know, they, they failed at a key moment that got them killed and, and, got, and got the mission a fail rating. Well, they're dead. They can't defend themselves. So you're, yours is the only story. 
Now, are you the only survivor of a failed mission? Wonderful. Yours literally is the only story. You can make up any story you want. And no one no one can say no. Because everyone else died. That's right. If you're if you're not the only one who survived, well, make sure you make up a story that that uh pins all the blame on the dead people and give some credit to your fellows as well. Most credit to you, of course, but some credit to them so they'll be more inclined to back up your story. Because, you know, you want your story to get backed up. You want your story to be the winning story. That way you come out ahead. And there you go. There's ways to, those are your ways to survive in Alpha Very Complex. Nice. Oh, I and just looked something us... up. The uh, the giant ranch of mutant cockroaches, one of the Renoir and Proust, yep. is actually in the main book. Nice. So. Of course it is. Anyway, that is my uh, tabletop gaming fundamentals for Paranoia Second Edition Part Two. Thank you very much for uh, if and if you missed Part One, please head to our our uh, YouTube Wait, uh, page. I I need to add upon this. Oh, go ahead. This module is entitled "The People's Glorious Revolutionary Adventure." It is a module for Paranoia where you play the commies. Mm. Wow, that sounds that sounds sacrilegious. Well, here's the thing about it though. You're playing the commies, but not really. Basically, Alpha Complex, in order to study how the commies work to understand them, sectioned off a small part of Alpha Complex and turned it into, uh, like Alpha, like Alpha State. Yeah, it's called an Alpha State, and basically told everyone there that they're commies. And so, to understand communism, it created its own communist state. Of course, Alpha Complex has no idea how a communist state actually works. And so uh, everything is wrong. I, everything is tractors. All your movement is tractors. The power is done by a nuclear tractor. Um, it actually comes with cutout mustaches. That you have to For wear. you to put on. The, your friend the computer has a cutout mustache and beard. Um, you have to refer to him as comrade computer instead of friend computer. Nice. But also, what's interesting about the module is it still... At one point, you actually can break into Alpha Complex, but it still follows the same insane rules. Like you're all everything in, is red, though, right? But it's not mm -hmm. red clearance because some are more equal than others. Right. But so what they did was when they shipped all the laser guns and everything over there because they gotta have lasers, you know, they gotta have all sure. the same weapons yeah. you do. They yeah, repainted them all red. So you when you start the adventure, you actually roll well the game master rolls to see what level your weapon actually is and what level right. your armor actually is because you could be running around with a, you know a violet level weapon and have no clue because it's oh, oh i can get into that yes uh the the way your armor works is your armor is immune or not immune but it it, it functions uh against <laughs> against any any laser of equal color rank or below so if you have orange armor it will protect you against red and orange laser blasts. Now and yellow, and yellow. Sorry. No, no. Wait. No, no, no. Yellow's above. Yellow's above. Sorry. Roy, Roy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, what 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 some treasonous troubleshooters do is they will actually uh, get on the black market or or uh, uh, boot bootlick their way to the munitions officer to get themselves a blue or violet uh, muzzle to screw on their weapon that that fires those those color shots and just paint the muzzle red or paint the muzzle orange or whatever color they are. So you don't know until the gun is fired. 
but but by that time you're you just figured out that your armor didn't protect against it and you're dead yep so there's no witnesses yay <laughs> no and if you act and if there were witnesses you could say so communists just dropped out my weapon that's what husband's for yep then you, then you then you get to roll the chutzpah that's right I better hold on to this until we get back to base, just just in case for evidence. Turn into the computer, definitely. <laughs> Turn it in, absolutely. And anyway, we got a red magic marker. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated subject, red magic. Anyone? Yeah, um, I was actually really into this game when it came out. I still have a bunch of my modules. I had the Game Master's Guide, have the Complete Troubleshooter, which adds additional secondary mm-hmm. jobs. Such as the hygiene officer, the equipment guy, the happiness officer. The happiness officer who who, uh, who doles out drugs whenever he feels like people need drugs. Yes. Yeah. The, the loyalty officer whose motto is everyone's guilty of something. And the uh, communications recording officer who uh, is whose job it is to document everything. The with stenographer, the, basically. Yeah. Well, they get a video camera, which might actually have film in it. And, of course, you're encouraged as part of your job is like at the most inopportune moments. Okay, everyone pose for this action scene. All right, I know they're shooting us, but I need someone to run across that field to show the heroism of our troubleshooters. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like I said, I, I do love this system, but it's really something people have to be in for. If, yes, you get, yes. you, if you get one or two players who just really don't want to play, don't do it. Yeah, you can't. Your whole group has to be uh, competent, solid you know, role players. Right. Because even, this is what this requires. Or just willing to be have silly fun. If even yes. one person isn't willing to have silly fun and they're work. not willing to play along or like, well, that's not efficient. I think the most efficient is like, okay, we're done. The game's no longer fun. No. Min-maxers be gone. Right. That doesn't make any sense. How could they have shot a rocket pod with your new clone in it here when, oh, all right, you're done. It's, you're done, dude. Sorry. It, it's, this isn't tune, but reality, is, you know, can take a small You have to suspend hike. some reality. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but ah, excellent review, Mr. Heathen Dog. Thank you. As always, you can get more Heathen Dog on YouTube, on Twitch, with all the things he does for you, the people. Uh, you can check out his playing of This War of Mine on YouTube, uh, where he has learned that Anton is the curse. He's the bane uh, of my freaking existence. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that cat. Oh, my God. Uh, he is the, uh, the leper's bell that when you hear it, you need to run. <laughs> yes. Yes, just run away. Uh, shoot him. I wish I could shoot him, but I can't shoot him. Uh, can't you just tell him to go away? Yeah, you can, but you're, you know, if if you refuse someone, in my experience, no one else comes. Oh, and you still need so, other people. Yes, you still need more people. So, mm, damn you, Anton. <laughs> uh, also, you're checking this teams with Warframe. Uh, that happens on Twitch every Sunday night, so it's coming up soon. Uh, and his Twitch streams teaming up with Garthon on Thursday in Star Trek Online. Had a good time last session. Uh, went through oh, a, it was good stuff, man. Went through a Foundry mission and then a PvP mission where we actually were quite victorious. Not, yeah. We were we, – no, no, we rocked it. I mean, come on. Let's get we fair. Were, we, well, we, I mean, we, we out, of the, out of the 10 deaths on our side, we were responsible between us for one. I, we only one. died once. That's right. The other three in our team, you know, they didn't They died away. 10 times between them. Between the – well, it's nine times between them. You died oh, none. I died one. Yeah, yeah. Nine, nine times between them and the other team. Well, you, you actually made the final kill. You get you actually the final kill. Actually, I re, we rewatched the video. I actually made most of the kills. Yes, you made made like what four or five? Yeah, I made like five kills by myself. Yeah, 
Just I because... made three or four. Yeah, you made it. You made it at least three. And they tried to kill you. It was really funny watching them try. Oh, oh yes. Then they failed just consistently. Hide the color smells while shoving a potato over it. It's a commie silencer. Had to be one of them. There you go. <laughs> commie, commie potatoes. Crunchy team but, chips. Speaking of things that are made of potatoes, well, actually, no, that, this isn't vodka. This is rum. I couldn't find a, a shot version of this. So I'm going to pour out a shot-sized portion of Sailor Jerry Caribbean rum. Now... I got this because it's a picture of a, a, a lady who has no clothes on except for a, a grass skirt and a lay strategically covering her ample bosom, and she's playing a ukulele. So how could you beat that? Yeah. I mean, there's actually it, a, there's actually a comedian who does a whole bit about Sailor Jerry. Oh, cool. What? I'm going to try it. It's 92 proof, so it's no joke. That's pretty good. Yeah, the whole crux of the bit is like when he goes drinking, he's serious about it. He actually he drinks Sailor Jerry, not Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan, you look at it. A captain's competent. He's gonna get you through this. He's smiling. He has some swagger. Sailor Jerry, you don't know where he's been. No, you don't know he's what he's been... doing. Oh, Why he's hasn't he been promoted cut. yet? <laughs> Why is he still a sailor? Yeah, be, right. because he keeps he keeps right. getting in trouble on shore leave. That's right. So the Captain Morgan guy has some competence. The Sailor wow, Jerry guy's not. It smells strong <laughs> and caramel sweet. Oh, oh! It's no joke. I like everyone to take note of this moment. This is when the heathen dog has Woo. changed. The Jekyll and Hyde moment has occurred. Woo. Yeah, in about <laughs> ten minutes. When he starts yelling about the X Men, you'll know why. Woo. All right. <laughs> Kick this pig. Let's go. Thank you, heathen dog. <laughs> Next up, as everyone knows. Garthon's comic pull! Garthon coming at you, pulling those comics, and telling you about them. First, X-Men Gold, number 20. Written by Mark Guggenheim, pencils by Diego Bernard, inks by J.P. Meyer, colors by Frank Martin, and cover by Ken Lashley and Frederico Blee. Mm. Blee. Blee. Alright. Um, so... At the end of the last arc, the X-Men were trying to leave another planet on a stolen spaceship. And as they were leaving, someone decided they didn't want them to leave and shot them up. So they started crashing onto a different planet. This planet starts, uh, starts out with Storm, like doing the desert nomad thing. Sure, I see that. The cover. Yeah. That, well, that scene doesn't exactly happen. Well, something not. like that. Something but. Like She's doing the Desert Nomad thing, and she has to stab a giant bug thing with the spear because it attacked her. She can't control the weather on this planet, she says. Uh, everyone else is kind of injured in the ship, especially Nightcrawler got hurt kind of bad. Mm. But they get back together, patch everyone up. Uh, Kitty Pride and Colossus also... Well, Storm was thrown from the ship when it crashed, so were Kitty Pride and Colossus. Mm. Uh, he's really hurt because he wasn't all armored up when they crashed. That's dumb. Well, you can't stay armored up all the time. Yeah, but when you're crashing, I think it's time to, you know, yeah, armor I would up. think so, too. You know, that'd be high on my list, but... Yeah, really to do. Seatbelt, check. Airbag, check. Armor, check. Yeah, you know. Crash Anyway, ready. so... She has them phased so the sandstorm isn't, isn't hurting them, but she's trying to get him, like, hey, come on, you gotta, gotta armor up so we can get through this. He's like, oh, I'm dying, I cannot. Oh, it's like, no, you have to do this. On the ship, everyone's getting back together. Uh, Ink, 
who is a relatively new guy who basically his power is to spurt. No, like, as new powers people. go, it sounds like it... if the if this guy's powers were magic based, I'd say sweet, that's pretty cool. But since they're mutant power based, they make no sense. What is what is it? What is it? Um, basically, when he gets a symbol like he ends up healing Nightcrawler. Because he has a caduceus, you know, the medical symbol, tattooed on him, so he has the power to heal people. He has okay. ESP because he has, like, an all-seeing eye tattooed on his head. Okay. Basically, sounds whatever like he gets tattooed right. on him, he gets that power. That sounds like magic. You're right. Yeah, that sounds like something for magic. Duncan I says he was distracted by a bird he saw out the window. Maybe he was, like, really into the in-flight magazine. Yes. He's like, oh my god, now I know why this is the third highest rated in-flight magazine <laughs> in the world. Wow. I, I, oh, what, we're crashing? Oh god, no, I forgot to armor up. Oh. I didn't know about these hidden wine spots in Nevada. Why do, Why shouldn't we visit? Oh god! You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh. Justin Bieber's meatloaf recipe is incredible. The secret is saltine crackers. Hmm. Ah! The... <laughs> Oregano? I wouldn't have imagined. Ah! <laughs> it burns like fire. Uh, so, so that's what. So, so okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they, they so they're crazy. They get back so, together, yeah, yeah. and Ink's like, oh, we need to get out of here. We don't can't do it. Like, oh, but Dark Girl's like, wait, I think we can, because this ship actually doesn't so much. It doesn't travel through light speed or anything through the planet. It actually warps through dimensions. So we can actually get this and just... We don't actually physically need to move to warp us back to where we need to go. If we do okay. this right. If I modify... So, so he's the engineer now? Well, he has been for a little bit, but not... Oh, okay. Yeah, you know... Someone has to be. Okay. Um, so basically, you just find out... Wait, so Storm is playing Desert Nomad and like robes and stuff and has a spear and is ready to stab a bug and she's been there for like an hour maybe sure she went native real fast you know just that's just that's really quick to 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 go native I yeah I, I think she's ready for the apocalypse at any moment at all times oh tattoo a spaceship on the ink guy perfect tattoo oh spaceship on i him. like that that's and then, good boom wolverine could use his claws it'll be slow yes. but it'll work <laughs> Well, he's just tattooed ink, a tattoo gun on himself, so he can give himself tattoos. There you go. Whatever, whatever the situation calls for. He's <laughs> he, he's the infinite tattoo man. Well, how about temporary tattoos? Do you have temporary powers? <gasps> no, you gotta hold it. Hold it for thirty seconds. Hold it. Hold it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and then peel. Oh no, I screwed it up. <laughs> if only we had some sort of battery power. Don't worry. Pulls it, licks it, licks it real quick. All right, give me thirty seconds. It's like, ah, oh, that was the cute puppy one. Ah, oh, now I'm adorable for the next two hours. <laughs> All right, I'm going to blow my nose. That, that, that 982 proof got to me. All right. <laughs> Get a chaser. Get some water. So anyway, um, so he figures out these guys are okay outside the ship. Uh, Colossus nearly dies, but he doesn't. And they all get back to Earth. And the issue ends with them happy, like, two weeks later on Earth. Everyone's like, oh, that ordeal was crazy, was it not? Oh, oh, and also, well, another thing is, it begins with Storm saying she can't use her powers to control the weather here. But to get home, she has to shock the big thing with a lightning bolt because it needs power. And she can't. And then Wolverine, old man Logan, gives a speech, and she can. 
So I guess she just didn't care enough before. So she she got a pep talk and now yeah then oh, oh I could do lightning bolt sound no problem. Great all right makes yeah. perfect sense. And then it goes there on Earth two weeks later. Everyone's happy. Oh you broke oh, my ribs. Now you're trying to kill it me. Also jump time for two weeks. Yeah after that they're boo after like okay she tries she shocks it then two weeks later they're home. Oh, we're all happy now. Remember that um, time when I shocked that thing? That was so funny. But basically goes to like Kitty Pride and Colossus and you know. He's like, he's like, oh, you feeling better? I was like, oh, yeah, my ribs still hurt. Like, you don't have to break my ribs. Like, hey, it's called CPR, big guy. Get used to it. And, you know, she basically says she could. You know, they're leaving her, that them being apart is too much for her, and she ends up proposing to him at the end of the comic. Because right now in the comics, everyone's getting married, right, I guess. That's, a, that's apparently the cool thing to do. Yeah, apparently. He doesn't is. say anything, though, right? Uh, of course, there's no yes or no. But, yeah, clear, right? oh, but yeah. if you go back to X-Men Gold, like issue one or two, he proposed to her. So... Yeah. She shot him down? Yeah, she was like, ah, look, we, no. It's like, we've been apart for a while. Cause, but he doesn't, like, come out, please marry me. He's like, you know, I would if. You know, he said, I would be willing to spend my life with you. He's like, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just thinking maybe we'll get back together, like, on a date. Yeah. I, and 20 right. issues later. Hit, hit the bricks, bro. I just I just want to go out to dinner and a movie, all right? You know, she just wanted later, to. Now she's like, oh, let's, let's hitch this thing. She just wanted to ride on the metal pony, and now she wants to, you know, saddle it up full-time okay well good for um, her yeah so it'd be shocking if he said no it would make no sense no no it would make perfect sense his his russian manly pride was trod upon <laughs> by her by her initial his... refusal so now he has to refuse her to be even oh there you go he has to re- refuse her twice to be ahead there you go but uh yeah so cool i wasn't the biggest fan of this issue the art was okay um ink is what he is i don't blame ink he, the story itself didn't seem very strong. No, the story basically looked like, okay, we're here on this alien planet. Uh, my, I'm. This is just conjecture. My run of this book is done in an issue and a half, so uh, mm-hmm. I got to get him back to uh, the mansion in New York. Dimension Take shift. Wee! Two weeks later, everyone's happy. You know, right. and that's kind of what I see happen in this issue. Like when I first saw like the 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 thing with Storm and the robes. With the spear, I thought she was there for weeks or months. No, it's like an hour. That doesn't make any sense. Where'd she get the spear? Well, it was a piece of the ship. My butt, that's a piece of the ship. Yeah, she fashioned all that and did everything else in an hour. Come but on. She, but had no powers. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, sure, buddy. So, well, she had them. I guess she just didn't, couldn't yeah, she, think she, she could, didn't think she could use them. No, there was no pep talk, so she was sad. Oh. Uh, so, not my favorite issue by a very long shot. The art was pretty good, you know? Uh, I just there was nothing compelling or interesting about the issue. It was just kind of there. It was hey, we need to get to this other point. Let's go to this other point. Mm. You know, it's basically a placeholder type thing. It was like, definitely a placeholder. It was like we need an issue. Someone poop one out real quick, and it was a that'll do. Right. No one had any moment to really shine because I think they tried to make Storm shine like oh she was so important she saved them and then she saved them. But in doing so, it made her entire ordeal not make sense. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, she looks weak. It's like, why can't she just do that in the first place? You know, uh, I really hate the Old Man Logan character being with the modern characters because Old Man Logan is from an alternate future. Shouldn't be here. Which, who shouldn't be there. And he's basically still doing all the exact same things Wolverine did with 10% more, I'm getting too old for this. Mm. You know? Murtaugh syndrome. Got yeah. It. Uh, Dr. I had the store and overhead luggage car, and I never thought I'd go spear fishing. Yes, spear fishing. 
Uh, so, yeah, to me, this book was very, very average. Very, very, very two and a half stars average. Okay. Just blank the there, cover there, and write X-Men some, comic book on it. Is there some wiggle room to get down to two, or is it a solid two and a half? I'd say it's a very solid two and a half. Some stuff happens. The story is serviceable. There are some minor issues. The art's solid, but not great. There's nothing that makes you go, oh, God, you know, for this mm-hmm. issue. Either way. Yeah. It's just, eh. Like, I bring up yeah. the issues with how she already have this. But, you know, that's, for comic book continuity, it's kind of a shrug. Okay. You know? There's nothing that made me, like, hate this issue. It's just this issue just seemed pointless. If they'd ended the last issue with, we're flying to Earth, and then went immediately to two weeks later, that was some crazy stuff. Will you marry me? It would have had the same effect. You know? It would have accomplished the same goals. Right. But unlike, say, a serialized television show where, like, the joke is, not joke, but the idea is, they always begin and end in the same place, so that way it doesn't matter what order you show the episodes in. This doesn't even serve in that function hmm. in that it doesn't – well, it does. But it doesn't tell a story that's interesting within it. It tells a story, but nothing very interesting or compelling. It could have been done so much better. Okay. Two and a half. Got it. Yeah. Like, I think this story for this issue could have been very interesting. Okay. But it wasn't. Two and a half. Oh, it happens. It does. What's next? Venom Incorporated Omega Part 6. That's real long. That is long. Uh, actually, actually, Maxley commented to me earlier that that was like anime long. Why is that so anime long? <laughs> I don't know. But... Well, actually, it's Amazing Spider-Man and Venom Incorporated in Venom Incorporated Omega Part 6. So there you go. That's weird. Ah! <laughs> I, I would also like to say, at no point in this book is Venom in a boardroom talking about sales or figures. Ever. There's no incorporation going on. <laughs> I never see him once trying to make margin in this entire part. It's a six-part okay. series. Never tries no to pie make, charts. No pie charts. Nothing. No, uh, no uh, employee nope. motivational speeches or posters. No, no doubt index figures. None. None. <laughs> All right. Written by Dan Slott and Mike Costa. The artist is Ryan Stegman and Gerardo Sandoval. Inks by Jay Liston. Might be Liston. Uh, colors by Brian Reber. Cover by Ryan Stegman and Brian Reber. Reber? Why Spider yeah. upside down? Because Spider-Man likes being upside down, I guess. Why I, not? Why not? Yeah. Someone why? try a different angle on it. Yeah. Think outside the box. There you go. All right. The overall plot arc of this whole series has been... There are a lot of Venom offshoots in the Marvel Universe running around. Sure. More than just Carnage and Anti-Venom and all this other There's a lot of little Venoms out there. Mm. Um, starts off with one of them, uh, a hero named Maniac. Uh, doesn't who, sound like a hero name, but continue. It doesn't. She started out as a villain, got reformed. Huh. But she kept the name. Um, she has, like, Blasty Blast powers. Uh, but she ended up being uh, reformed by Flash Thompson when he was Agent Venom. Oh. Um, so she See, really. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I didn't read in the comics Agent Venom, but it's in the uh, the Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, on on Netflix. So oh. that's that's where I know it from. 
See, I actually really liked the Agent Venom uh, uh, storyline with Flash Thompson. At, when I first heard about it, I thought it was dumb. But Reedy, I actually really liked it. It was well-written. Oh, good. All right. Um, but it starts out with Maniac respo- uh, responding to some crime scene. And she basically talking to Flash Thompson, who doesn't have the Venom symbiote anymore. I think. I don't remember. Anyway. Maniac symbiote gets stolen. And she okay. gets hurt. The guy who steals the symbiote ends up modifying it so that he's able to, like, spit symbiote at people, and then it takes over their minds. They don't become mindless puppets, they just are compelled to serve him. Okay. <laughs> I please announce the corporate operation of Fisker Treasure. I read the black, because we're better! Blah, 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 blah. I like that one. Oh, on that note, I'd like to point out to the artist Ryan Stegman and Roger Sandoval, Never in the series is Venom shown as the horrible, drooling, uh, green ooze, giant tongue version of Venom. While worn by either Eddie, while worn by Eddie Brock. Thank you, thank you so much for showing Eddie Brock Venom like it should be shown. Because the stupid tongue thing, I hate so much. Venom Aww. was an interesting character right up until that point. Okay. The instant Venom like was on the Flintstones bus going over the shark. That was the the instant was drawn with the giant tongue, which was done by Eric Larson because he hated Venom. Just so you know. Okay. Anywho, moving on. So this guy is able to spit symbiotic people, which gives him symbiote abilities, not full power, just, you know, maybe quarter strength, but way better than normal people, but also compels them to want to serve him and be his best buddy. Uh, throughout the first five, uh, first four issues, he basically, like, anyone who, he starts taking over the major crime fam for well, first small-time hoods, then major crime families. And he basically, you know, becomes the head of the mafia, becomes the head of everything. Uh, Spider-Man goes to fight him, just takes over Spider-Man's brain. Sure. Black Cat, uh, he, he tries to keep taking over all the crime. Black Cat's from the major crime leader in New York right now. And he's like, ah, oh. she's like, oh, my luck powers will stop you. And I've beaten Spider-Man. He's like, look, lady, I don't need to put that. Takes her over. Uh, um, you see, it seems like a winning strategy, and it keeps working for him. It so, kept yeah. working for him over and over again. Um, the things he didn't count on were Eddie Brock and Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson, uh, Eddie Brock had been undergoing uh, therapy, like mm. he needs it. mental counseling sessions, anger mm. management sessions. Sure. And part of his treatment had actually been receiving uh, small doses of something from the original Anti-Venom, which was another symbiote whose okay. touch actually burned the regular symbiotes, mm-hmm. just destroyed them, would kill them. So he's getting tiny doses of that to kind of keep it clean. And he ends up getting, like, the original symbiote ends up coming back to, through some sort of senses, Brock, and then Brock and... Flashing, kind of fighting over it because Brock's like, you know, Brock's like, ah, I need it, I need it to be whole again. The poor symbiote, he's hurt. No, I need to help him. And Flash's like, you don't even know this symbiote anymore. I, he's reformed now. He's not evil like you, you madman. And you need to stay away from this. And I need to save Maniac and Spidey. And and so through a course of events, they end up actually creating a whole new anti-venom suit and a new Venom symbiote, who they both end up teaming up to fight this menace. Okay. It sounds yeah, convoluted, already, but that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, you already lost me. You already lost me. All it's, right. So it's, it's, as you uh, could tell, 
this series is Venom, 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 Venom. All Venoms, all symbiotes, all black suits and eye, white eyes everywhere you go. Yep. Uh, there's some good funny moments in it, but we're talking about issue six. This is the last issue. They finally got a plan to take him out. They're, uh, they finally, uh, Flash Thompson is now in the anti-venom suit. So he's agent anti-venom. Sure. Um, he managed, he's managed to free Spider-Man and the black cat from, uh, Maniac's influence. Yeah, go ahead. And they find out that, uh, once you've been controlled and released, you can't be re-controlled. Well, that's like, good. That's, which is good, but you gotta be controlled first. So it's not super helpful, but at least they, they know that they're safe fighting him. Which they end up doing. Uh, they actually managed to, like, knock the, the smallest symbiotes out of everyone, but they all, like, go back to him, so he's becoming a giant Venom or a giant Maniac symbiote who they oh, have to fight. Nice. And only when Venom and Flash Thompson, or Eddie Brock and Flash Thompson, work together with a little help from the Black Cat, who he's still is mad Thompson. at Spider-Man, but is kind of getting over it now that they're kind of working together again. Mm-hmm. But she still doesn't like him. Sure. Uh, they it's basically this book is a lot of fight scene with guys yelling at each other. But it's well written. It's it's able. To, I can't explain it because it's just a lot of fight scene and a lot of do this, no do this, no we must do this. Ah, quip here, quip there. In the end, they uh, Flash Thompson anti venom managed to surprise Maniac just completely. Uh, he ends up having to use the antibodies that are in Black Cat's and Spider-Man's blood because they were released from the symbiote. Mm-hmm. Add that to the ant to his anti-venom symbiote to finally take him out. Sure. Sure. Why makes not? Comic sense. book logic yeah. makes total yeah. sense. Sure. Perfect sense. You're wearing a living suit. Why not? They take him out, and the main maniac symbiote is still there, so it lived. All like the major oh, extra stuff died. They get the Maniac's freed, gets to go back to the original Maniac. Uh, the dude's going to go to jail. Mm. And Spidey's still pretty beat up. He's like, you know, you you know, Brock, you're still kind of... A, and Flash is like, all right, you're a criminal, you need to go. And they're like, you know, he's like, you're going to stop me? You're more hurt than I am. And they're like... And Spidey's like, you need to go to jail because you're a bad person. And Flash's like, you know what? He helped us. He didn't have to. He could have run at any point. We wouldn't have been able to do this without him. Give he says he's trying, and I know that the suit he's wearing actually is good. I say we give him a pass. It's like, he's guilty of, like, kidnapping and assault and arson and all sorts of stuff. We can't, like... Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he's like, you know what? And, you know, I I just think we got to kind of cut it even on this one. He saved a lot of lives. And, you know, they kind of shake hands, and Venom, like, uses his cloaking ability to, like, camouflage himself and... And he leaves. Mm. And Spy's like, well, hell, I can't find him now. And Black Cat's like, he could do this. Like, I, I lose track of all the powers that CBOs have. They get new ones all the time. I don't know. Which oh, is... that, Hang a lantern on that. that <laughs> um, it so ends... when are you going to give this? Well, I'm not done. Oh, really? Oh. See, you're, you're rushing. I thought that was the end. It sounded like the end. That's the end of the fight. Uh, there's like a little epilogue at the end of it. Where Spidey goes home and he's like getting his confidence back that yeah I'm still a superhero I'm a worthwhile person I don't totally suck even though I cost all those people their their you know their jobs and everything I'm still I'm still I I can still do this I can help people 
and then you know, so we got that moment. Uh, Flash Thompson goes back to doing his thing, but the main takeaway is that the end. Black Cat Felicia Hardy goes back to the center of where her criminal empire used to be, and it's crushed. It's done. Right? Stupid maniac destroyed it. Any street cred she had is now gone. Everything's in chaos. She has nothing. And she's kind of like complaining. She's kind of looking around. Then she hears a voice. It's like, ah, you, know, you, just, you never do this anyway, Felicia. And she looks, and it's Eddie Brock Venom. Drawn very much in the style of how he was originally drawn, so I really appreciate that. And she tells him, like, I had everything. I, I had, Right now, I can't rebuild the respect I had. I'm screwed. Do you know how long this is going to take to rebuild? He's like, why? You didn't even like this anyway. You're only doing it to prove a point, and you proved it. Good job. You're better out there on the street as a vigilante, cracking the heads of the, ba- of the bad guys from the shadows. That's what you started doing. That's what you liked. You started as a petty thief, but that's what you liked. Well, that's what I'm going to be doing. So, if you ever need a hand, let me know. And that's, she knows, he's like, you know, think about it. That's really what your calling is. Vigilanteism. Think about it. And then he leaves. Okay. And that's that. So the main takeaway is Felicia Hardy might be becoming a vigilante again. Might be going back to the good guy side. Well, semi-good guy. She's going to be, you know, as good as a former criminal, former organized crime boss can be. And Venom, Eddie Brock Venom is back, which makes Eddie Brock Venom fanboys happy. Mm-hmm. Flash Thompson is now anti-Venom, which makes sense. And Spider-Man is still oh, written by Dan Slott. Um, <laughs> so overall, I, I'm not a Venom fan. I've made no bones. No. I really liked the character in Amazing Spider-Man 300 around that era, like when he first appeared. But when Larson got a hold of him, and when after Venom became like the big exploding thing, and there was Venom everywhere, and there's 50 symbiotes, and I just I checked out. It, yeah. The character was I did never found him a compelling character because he's a villain, and he's a bad villain. He's not I don't mean bad as like good as job, but he's not relatable. He's mm. full of hate and rage and wants to destroy everything. So I didn't For really why? For because because he's mad at Spider Man. Well, they rejected me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bust up all his toys. Uh, well, yeah, Eddie Brock is mad at Spider-Man because he lost everything because he showed that he was a liar, and the same is mad at Spider-Man because he's it was a jilted lover essentially, mm-hmm. and together they their hate symbiotically amplified, fused, whatever. amplified yeah, whatever. Got it. whatever. They had synergistic <laughs> anger. Yeah, and I was okay with that, but I didn't didn't see it as. Something be or, like, oh, yeah, he no, needs his own series as a hero, saving people. Also, stop spitting Venom Maniac to becoming the next Super Pope. So, he's okay. <laughs> That's true. He could have been Super Pope. He could have, yeah. Just keep spitting everyone with uh, with Venom symbiotes and they'll just vote him Pope. That's right. Um, so... But overall, I liked the plot arc it took. It was actually an interesting ride. Uh, watching Maniac start become more and more powerful. Um... He had a very quick fall, which since his entire power base was built on I Control Your Minds, yeah, quick fall was expected when he couldn't do that anymore. Um, I liked where it left Felicia Hardy and Venom. I liked where it left all the characters. So it actually tied up really well. And also, the raw art by Ryan Stegman and Roger Sandoval, with Inks by Jay Liston, was really strong. Um, 
it's hard to make a million different black and white symbiote suits look different, and they were able to pull it off all the time. You got a lot of black and white suits in this issue. Yeah. Uh, but they do a See great job. And they actually pulled off the near impossible of making me actually interested in where Venom's going from here. Mm. Which I was stunned that they were able to do that. Because I've been in the I don't give a crap about Venom bus. I've been on that bus for a long time. I drove it for a couple of years. Um, but now I'm actually, I actually took a stop on that bus. I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's take a chance and walk around the neighborhood a bit. You know, let's let's see if the street crime is still as high as it is. Well, I thought it was in Venomville, you know. So, yeah, I was surprised. I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. But I certainly liked it enough to give it three and a half stars. All right, sounds good. No arguments. No, no, no three but... and a half sounds sounds fine. I mean, uh, if if I, I don't I don't like Venom either. So, uh, if if it got you at least uh, a modicum of interest in Venom again, then that's that's a solidly yep. good book. I also am happy with how they where they left Black Cat. And I wonder if this is part of... I just found out today, I don't know when the news came out, that on as of issue 801, which is in a few months, of Amazing Spider-Man, Dan Slott is leaving Spider-Man and moving to Iron Man. Oh, so he's going to ruin Iron Man and someone else is hey, going to try and fix Spider-Man. You know what? When Dan Slott first took over Spider-Man... He was great. He ran out of ideas. He, you know, he's been on Spider for like five years now. He should have moved on earlier. He should have moved on as soon as Edge of Spider Verse ended. That's when he should have left. Boom, right there. That should have been his big goodbye, everyone. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Good night. You would have got a standing O. Yeah, we got a standing O. Great, one of the best Spider-Man writers ever. You know, thank you, sir. But he stuck. Much like Jay Leno, he stuck around a little too long. <laughs> you thought Conan was going to take over, and then he got kind of to Jen, you know, that, you know. I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so, and considering a lot of how he wrote Spider-Man was he was writing Spider-Man as Iron Man anyway, where I have a giant corporation, and I'm a super genius, and I have tech armor. Man, that's where he wanted My, to be at that yeah, point anyway. Okay. There you go. Maybe that was his uh, his resume. For becoming Iron Man showrunner. Oh, that's a good dunk now. They held a corporate merger of Venom Incorporated. Get it merger. It's symbiote. They're merging. That's yeah, we get it. We get <laughs> ah, it. It's funny. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's uh, that's for Venom Incorporated part Omega Part Six. Alright. Now here comes the big one. The big one. Avengers. No surrender. Six hundred. No surrender part two, issue number six hundred seventy six of the Avengers. Written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. Sometimes I think that's not his real name, but that's a fun name, Zub. Artist, Zub. Pepe Raz. Colors by David Curiel. Cover by Mark Brooks. I love this cover. I want to say that right off. It's a cover of a cover. It's a meta cover. It's a meta cover. And it's yes. more meta than... On other levels, it's even a higher meta. If you actually start looking at the other books, you see the picture. Those are other Marvel books, but they're... Some of them are slightly different than the original covers. And on top of that, this is a typical view of a comic collector. You know, long boxes. Sure. And it's showing Avengers issue one, but different. Because you now see Voyager on the cover. Whereas the original Avengers cover, issue one, was almost that exact same pose, but without Voyager. 
So last issue, quick wrap up. Uh, crazy earthquakes and volcanoes erupting happened. The sky turned red, and a whole bunch of the Avengers all turned blue and frozen. Well, they're glowy blue and frozen place. Maybe they're clear blue. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Suspended animation of something. They're in some sort of suspended animation. Um, that the end of every all, all the Avengers get activated. They go to Avengers Mansion, and this chick shows up, saying that she's Voyager. Is like, oh, what are the original Avengers? Oh my gosh! And, and we're all like, who? And everyone's like, what? who? This person isn't an Avenger. All, all the readers are like, what? But what? Voyager was first shown as part of the original Origin Avenger statue, I think, after Kovic rebuilt the world. Hmm. So she. Hmm. Anyway, what, what is her? What What does she do? I mean, what's her powers? They actually she, kind of almost out. they actually explain that sort of this issue because oh, they don't ever even told you her power. She's just Voyager, and everyone's like, oh, Voyager's here! Oh my gosh! But when this issue starts up, you know, everyone's like, Oh, Voyager, you're 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 back! You've been gone for so long. She's like, Yes, I have. I'm sorry about that. Oh, Voyager, tell us what to do. You're in charge. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She says. Because basically you start getting Falcon's like word bubbles perspective what's going on. And he's like, I can't believe this person's here. She's actually a living legend. Uh, she's been gone for a long time. And she starts, she's like, you know, I've done this, but you guys have, I already see you have three very competent leaders, and I'm going to defer to them. And he's just amazed that, you know, she's deferring to three people she doesn't know. Right? Who are, you know, Ro- the leader of the three Avenger squads, which are Roberto DaCosta, a.k.a. Sunspot, Rogue, and uh, Falcon. My choice would be DaCosta. So. Yeah, after reading all the books, DaCosta is my clear choice for leader. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Eh, I, most people actually listen to DaCosta, too. He's one of those... Anyway, he actually has a track record of winning, unlike all the yeah. other ones, I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, true. But it actually, people start. Uh, they actually kind of go into her past exploits, and it's really, really well set up when they start talking about things that she did in the past, because when they're showing these events from, quote-unquote, the past, mm-hmm. which uh, didn't actually happen. Well, they did, but didn't happen in the way they show them. But as they show them, every time they show an event from the past, like I'll show you this page, like it looks like it was in that issue, like the Jack Kirby art style, mm-hmm. or who, you know the art of the time. The Jim Zex, the things like that. Um, like it shows her founding the original Avengers. And the line that Wasp says when the Avengers are founded, where he says, right on, Thor, we'll never be because we're the Avengers. Uh, Voyager saying that line and not Wasp. Uh, when Cap's kooky quartet forms, which is when all the Avengers leave except Cap, and then it's Cap, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye, she stays on. So it's Cap Voyager, so it's Cap's kooky quintet. Um, basically all these key moments in Avengers history she's now a part of and I, and these people are talking about it um, or like during the original Contest of Champions where Game Master and Kang were fighting with each other about the future um, as one of his champions Kang had Voyager and Game Master pulled in this guy called Victory the Electromagnetic Man which is kind of cheesy, which also is a character i never heard of. But apparently when they show that when she, with her portal powers, she calls them, they never explain how, what it is or what, 
but and him with his reality altering powers, and they were zapping each other. They both, everyone saw them both get disintegrated. Uh, she says what happened. She was knocked out of time, like in between dimensions, and couldn't get back. But after the the Earth has actually, they, they, she tells him, has been pulled out of its dimension and is now between dimensions. That's how she was able to get back. So so now they kind of have an idea of what's going on a little bit. While this is going on, all of a sudden you see two groups of villains show up. Well, one group I know is villains. One I, is a new group for the series. All of a sudden pop into place. One of them is the Black Order, which were Thanos' henchmen. Uh, Black Dwarf, Proxima Midnight, Black Swan, Ebony Maw, Supergiant, and Corvus Glaive. Just top-the-line evil butt-kickers. And it shows them a raid about to fight against this group called the Lethal Legion. Uh, Aridia the other, Drawl, the gladiator from beyond the stars, Captain Glory, who looks like, who is actually from, uh, oh my gosh, was it a Garth Ennis series? But he's actually from a previous series. He's like the only guy. Uh, who's it from? Captain Glory's from Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy series, okay. which uh, is uh, one of the progenitors of modern comics. It's worth definitely worth checking out. Um. The Blood Brothers, who are Hulk villains, I think. Wait, wait, uh, Marvel Boy, didn't he just, like shine lights on people? No, you're thinking of DC's lame Marvel Boy. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but uh, uh, Menticle, who has mental powers, and right. Mavlin, the all-new metal master. He can control any metal. He's the master sure. of metal. Sure, sounds but, great. Not magnetism, but metal mastery. No, just metal. Right. But these two groups kind of show up in like this wasteland, they start fighting each other. And it's actually a really cool fight scene, but all of a sudden they're stopped until and there's a voice from this guy says, this is not the way it's done. You guys know the rules. You fight when the, the match starts. You know? And they're like, we'll come back at you later. Like, yeah, yeah, you wait for it. And so... You know, the one group who I guess are like semi-heroes... Are like, okay, and they start talking strategy of how to take down the other team. Whereas the bad guys, uh, Thanos' buddies, the Black Order, uh, start saying, look, the game field's been set up so that there's 50 Quatlus on the angry side. <laughs> game Masters of Triskelion. I love that. Uh, what's amazing about that episode of Tr uh, Star Trek, the original series, is Lady Gaga was, you know, still looks great after all these years. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um,. But the Black Order is like, look, the battlefield is chosen uh, for it, and it, we're supposed to have use of its unique defensive properties. These designated obstacles make the game interesting, but they're already in play. The Black Order will take the initiative and clear them from the field. So they're like, so apparently these guys know what's going on, sort of. And okay. it goes back after that to the Avengers, like kind of arguing with each other about. They're like, okay, what's the plan? And all three team leaders, Rogue, Sunspot, and Falcon, all have completely different ideas of what to do. Rogue's like, okay, we'll split into teams of two or three. And, and Takasa's like, okay, and we'll split it. We'll everyone go solo and keep communication. And Falcon's like, okay, we're going to go and wait here. Obstacles in Takeshi's castle sense. No, but that would be entertaining. That would be entertaining. <laughs> uh, the, I want the, the – what's, what's that? I forget the obstacle call. It's, it's just the punch wall where it's just the wall that – Throws out, oh, I was thinking they'd have to like. Gloves. I was thinking more like running up the ramps, the giant balls coming at them. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> or they do the tug of war and they're like it's a tractor, uh, or it's like a little girl. 
I thought one of those was a little girl. That poor girl got yanked. Wall bangers. Thank you very much. Wall bangers. Wall bangers. Yeah. No, no. Uh, so, so everyone has a different idea. So does right. But uh, basically, like they cut, you can see them, and as they're disagreeing, you can see like some of the Avengers are like, "Oh gosh, this ain't gonna work." And of course, Voyager has to rally them all together, like, "Oh yeah, we can do it." And then all of a sudden, like their their view screen, which has been working because all communications has been shut off, mm-hmm. starts all of a sudden displaying uh, a couple of members of Black Order. And people are like, oh, crap, where are they? Oh, the Black Order, they're Thanos' goons. And they're like, Avengers, oh, we have much that needs to be done, and you'd be in the way. And uh, at that point, Falcon is connecting the bird to the birds, trying to figure out, get a better view. He's like, wait, I, I see them. They're above the mansion. They're like, but you need to be swept away, and they blow up the mansion with everyone in it. Or at least they see it looks like they do. And that's where it ends. Oh, okay. So it seems like uh, it seems like the, the battlefield is on Earth. Right, right. The, the battlefield is Earth, and the and these leftover Avengers are the are the obstacles between the two actual players. These, right. These two groups of good, slightly good, and really bad guys. Right. So last issue, I was kind of guessing something like a uh, Beyonder War World scenario or mm-hmm. Gate Conscious Champions type thing is going on. It looks like something like that is happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is fine. Um, if a setup, if somebody has set up correctly, it's very interesting. So far, this setup has been good. I did not expect these guys to show up, these two teams, and then have to fight each other. It's like it's like the Avengers aren't even supposed to be in the fight. They're just like right, you know, right. They're just like they're the tra- they're the trash yeah. mobs in the yeah. PvP scenario. Right, right. They're, they're the trash mobs that you use one one AOE spell to take care of. Right. To to, to get to wherever you want to go. Or if like League of Legends is more your thing. These are the you know the mobs like in in the past like oh if I kill that guy I'll get a defense boost so that's what the the Avengers are in the scenario they're not the players which is an interesting position I guess they're not the players because all their most of their power pieces have been pulled right um, they're just an obstacle right so probably someone like they've really messed with the Beyonder's history at this point so who knows but like something like the Beyonder or the Game Master or something is behind this mm-hmm. um, is what it looks like. But then again, maybe not, because Voyager is still a really key player, and she's not real. Yeah. I really don't think that they're meaning to permanently insert her into the canon, or at least not as an original Avenger. So she's obviously a setup. She's – in this scenario, 90% of the time, she's a Trojan horse. Mm -hmm. You know? Or it's like the uh, Sword Art Online where you find out their leader actually is the guy behind the program, you know? Spoiler alert. Yep. So uh, I already reviewed it. <laughs> it was already spoiled. <laughs> um so it's, I think one of the, one of those situations might be going on. Maybe someone's testing all these Avengers for some reason, who knows? Who knows? Uh but I find it interesting. I really have enjoyed the the writing of this series. Um the thing about having three writers is I don't know who's responsible for what necessarily. So you can't really say, oh, the valuing part's great, but the gym sub part, I don't know. No, it's all it's all strong, and I I really like it. I'm surprised that I like this issue as much as I do. Because really, if you really look at it, not that much really happens, but it's done in a way that's interesting, which is the opposite of – well, not the opposite, but – it's you could draw a parallel to X Men 20, which we talked about earlier, where not much happens, but it's not that interesting. It's okay. Right. 
Whereas this, not much happens, but it's really interesting, and I really want to know what happens. My cool. guess is next issue you find out that uh, Voyager used her portal powers to protect them from the blast. Um, we'll find out next week. Spoilers. Yeah. I don't know if I'll review it next week. If it's if it's good, I'll review it. If it's bad... No, no, no. If it's bad, you'll review it, too. Yeah, if, if it's, it's in the mad, middle, I won't mention it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I like kind of the meta that's going on as well in the issue in that we as the reader know things about what's going on, but we still and don't the characters know. characters do not, right. Yeah. yeah, well, even not more than just the characters don't know, but we don't know what we don't know, like when it comes to Voyager. Mm-hmm. And so that, much like the cover, creates a meta argument of what's going on. So they really are doing a great job in that. It's the kind of comic that will appeal, in my opinion, to people reading comics at different levels. If you're just picking up a comic, there's enough crazy stuff in there. If you have no clue the Avengers at all, you can pick this up and go, wow, this is awesome. Um, if you know a little about the Avengers, you kind of like comics, you pick it up and go, oh, man, it's a cool fight scene. Oh, what's going on with these characters? <laughs> if you know a lot about the Avengers, you could go, what the hell is with this character? Why is this happening here? These people, how is that? Well, I know this guy's from Marvel Boy. Why is he with them? What? And you can start drawing all these other things into it, like what's with this Voyager stuff? Why is that? So it actually builds at all these different levels, which is a really, really fantastic piece of work when you can do it, when it works, which it does in this issue. So I give very high marks, very high marks to this issue. Uh, the writing really pulled me in. The art was really, really good. I'm not going to say it was fantastic. It was good last issue, but it was really good. I don't know. The stuff with like the fight scenes and stuff was really good. I, I just can't say enough good things about the issue. And because I can't say enough good things, it gets four and a half stars. Wow. All right. Really, really just one of those knock-it-out-of-the-park type issues. I can't wait till the next issue. Yeah. Excellent. Already tidy. And that is it for Garthon's comic poll. For more Garthon, look for his team-ups with Heathen Dog in Warframe and Star Trek Online. You can see those on YouTube or when we stream them on Twitch. Which happens Sunday night at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern, and on Thursday night at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Mm-hmm. Be there or be won't be. Rhombus. Be there or be sad. You will be sad you missed it. All right, everyone. Let's go on to the RNG. We're talking about the random things rolling across our brain stems right now. And so we asked ourselves, what is going on with the world? And we responded, we want to know what films each other thinks need a reboot. Sci-fi films okay. need a reboot. Now, uh, the, the last time we, we, did, we did movie things, I wanted to go first because yours was so atrocious that there's no way I could follow it. Now, I'm glad I'm going first this time because yours, I think, is slightly better than mine. And I don't want to I don't know. I thought yours was really strong when I heard it. I I wish I'd thought of it first. Okay. Well, a sci-fi movie that needs a reboot. Let's hit it. Boom. There it is. The Last Starfighter. Yes. Now, why did I choose The Last Starfighter? Because it's awesome. uh, Because it was an awesome movie. And uh, the release date was 1984. It passes the the time test. Okay. So what is it? For 34 years? Gosh, has it really been? Yeah, it's been that long. It's been that long. 34 years. It passes the test of, of the length of time. You know, you, you don't reboot something 10 years old. 
You don't do that. You're dummy. They start doing that now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's dumb, but they do it. You have to go back at least 20 years, and then you can reboot something. This one passes that test. Absolutely. Now, what makes it rebootable? All right, it has a classic story. It's it's a kid. Uh, he's he, he's at the he's at the cusp of adulthood. He he wants to get out of the trailer park that he's living in, but his normal his normal avenues of escape, like going to college, are just out of reach. No matter how hard he works, but he has this this mystical skill ability that allows him to he's good to at, fit, eyes at up. A one video game. Yeah, well, I'm saying mystical skill ability because it's the same thing as Star Wars. It's the same story as Star Wars, the the, the, the classic hero's journey tale. Well, it's a hero's journey know? story, which yeah, Star exactly. Wars borrows from heavily. Exactly. And so so it is a classic story, so you can reboot it, and it's going to work again. It will work again. Now, high yeah. action. This thing has a, is is super, super starfighter heavy. I mean, like pew-pew action all the time. It's got laser battles on the ground, laser battles in the stars, de- uh, defending the frontier against Zura and the Kodan Armada, the whole thing. Ah, high action. Yes. Yes. High action everywhere. That's going to work today. Family friendly. Yes, it, it had moral and moral quandaries, but it wasn't adult type moral quandaries. It was kid type moral quandaries. You know, and they, they did have a, a, a good guy die, sort of. But at the end, they brought him back because he's an alien. He regenerated. And you're like, OK, alien power. He regenerated. Cool. Got it. So, you know, no one really dies. The heroes really win. So it's 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 ready for Disney to remake it. Now, franchisability. This is something the original couldn't do. Get a part two. Get a part three. Nowadays, you can do that. You can have the last Starfighter, and then the the, the last Starfighter, the saga continues. You can do that. As as long as you make $100 bucks, you, you can get yourself a sequel pretty much for anything today. And so you, you can make a legacy out of this thing. Now, CGI improvements. In 1984, they made this thing CGI. They shouldn't have. No, I thought it worked really well. No, no, I think they shouldn't have done it because the the space action in the original Star Wars was, Wasn't. in my yeah. opinion, better well, than, than the CGI they had a was. Much in higher budget too. Yeah, go, go ahead, throw it up there. Go ahead and throw it up there. Bam! This Bam. is the this is the CGI I'm talking about. The uh, the reason they used it is because CGI was new. CGI is cool. It's the coolest thing. It might be a box office draw, and so you get this. It actually looks really good though. For its time, and when it's actually moving, it looks really good. But for its time, it's good. But CGI nowadays, oh, come on. Blow this thing out of well, the water. Re- yeah, well, you yeah. You remake this, and it's going to be a beautiful, polished I, You could actually – you could get higher levels of of, uh, of graphics uh, running a MMO nowadays. Yes. Yes, you, you can. But and, at the oh, time, man. it was amazing. It was all done with computers. Yes, exactly, and that that was that was a selling point. But now you can actually have it be an integral part of the story and have it be cool too. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. I thought it was cool. I liked it. I liked it too. I liked it too. I'm just saying, rebootability yeah, yeah, it could be much better. Awesome. Yes. yes, yes, rebootability. You can you can remake this now, and every aspect could either be equal or better than the original. Absolutely, that was mine. All right, no, I I agree completely with the Last Starfighter. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um. The only I could only think of one thing that they would lack. What's that? Uh, that would be Robert Preston as Centauri. Oh yes, he was good. He was he so was freaking good, good as like the yeah. sleazy con man. He yeah, well, wasn't really yeah. that sleazy, lovable, but lovable, oh, lovable, lovable con, con man. man. Exactly. He was essentially playing the same character he played the Music Man, you know. Yeah. But ah, he was so good. But I even. I still use, like, lines from this movie. You know, like, when uh, they're blown up the, the main ship, and, like, the general, you know, the guy, the 
stupid. What do we do? What do we do? Looks at him. We die. I love that. Finally get the monocle. I love it. I love it. Just, ah, so many good things. Um, oh, it's gravitational pull. It's great. It's yeah, great. it was such a great film. I really, really loved The Last Starfighter. So, I agree completely. Um, needs one. Badly. You, ah, the whole plot still works. Even the whole video game thing still works, even yeah, today. It still works. You can just still do the video game thing. You can have this exact same premise. Yep. It'll work. Yep. All right. My choice was The Black Hole. Uh, released Which in I 1979 am, by Disney I'm Studios. I didn't think of it. Well, that's one of my rebootability things. Number one, it's semi-obscure, and not a lot of people know the black hole. Disney pretty much buried it. Um, well, I understand why it's semi-obscure because the the it's real heavy. It's I mean, it's morally heavy. and philosophically heavy as well. Yeah, the ending is just out there. It's bananas. Right. It is. But why if you I? look at seventies hard science fiction it's a really a great piece and the black hole was misunderstood at the time twitch for theta says he remembers this one yeah the black hole man um uh, it's semi-obscure it's creepy but it's not quite a horror film no. and that is a mark in its favor um because they have a crazy plot about studying the black hole and like the leader of the ship goes crazy and and who like wants to mutiny ends up like lobot lobotomizing just messed up and then you got these robots and a lot of people were confused when it came out because it's a disney film and they saw like the cute worker robots like oh it's gonna oh, be a fun oh, kids it's, film it's, a, it's another r2d2 like yeah no. yeah well, it was right from the oh. 70s but it got to see on vhs yeah i saw it was on cable tv in the early 80s that's how yeah. i saw it um but and they you get a you think you're gonna get cute kid stuff and you bring the kids and you get hard science fiction you get people die you got uh, a creepy murder robot following people. Oh my gosh! And it's yeah, really—it's it's heavy stuff. It's uh, yeah, it has a heavy scientific philosophical premise behind it. But in its favor, merchandising—you got a lot of really awesome ships. Yeah. Well, you got two awesome ships. You got some crazy robots. You got uh, those crazy laser guns that shoot above and below. I love those things. Gosh, those that's things so cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, you could do a lot with the merchandising that in a remake. I would be worried that you try and make it too cutesy, but there's a line you could walk with that. Also, its setting would lend it, since it is a Disney film, you could actually put it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just mm. throw in one Guardians of the Galaxy reference without it being funny. Mm. You just could put a piece in there, and you're going to get fanboys watching it to look for any hints or clues for Infinity War. Um and it actually does work even in the MCU. Um, also, I kept the CGI improvements. Uh, this film was all done practical effects in the 70s at the time, but it's not had the biggest they were good. Problem. They were good. They were good. And and unlike the uh, the last Starfighter, I think that I actually rewatched a little bit of it before we started. Some of these things still work today. Like, wow, that that's still really good effect. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And but the whole this is a, the film that could be squarely aimed at teenagers to adults mm. not kids no 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 it's too but you kids. throw a pg-13 on that and you could keep the the creepy like oh my gosh this guy's insane stuff going on the tension and it would really really work so i really would love to see a remake of this film this is a good pick i like this pick yep and you know, like i said you got some, some great ships you got the weird robots 
And with the cross-promotion that Disney would be capable of through the MCU, through the theme park, through everything else, it could really become a monster if they wanted to. Um, I actually had – I put up this uh, image of the uh, the black hole book and tape because I actually had that. Nice. Um, it actually has a much happier ending than the film. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> they, they make it through the other side of the, of the, of the black hole and like, oh, well, we came to explore new planets. Let's do so. You know, no uh, weird everyone dies yeah, uh, type yeah. stuff. Hey, you're spoilers, 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 <laughs> spoilers. They're going to a black hole, kids, and it's a hard science fiction show. Guess what happens? Um, but yeah, and it, you also have a bunch of ships too. Yeah, that's the main ship. For, is that the Corvus? I think it's the Corvus. I, th- I think that's what it's called, the Corvus. Yes. But yeah, um, I would really love to see a remake of this, or at the very least, you know, a, a DVD. Come on, yeah, come on. Something. It's not Song of the South, Disney. You could redo this one. Steamboat yeah, that, Willie, nothing that, like that. That well, Steamboat Willie they redo, but Song of the South they won't. But ah, that red robot creeped you out, man. Oh God! Yeah, and at the end when it was when it was flying into the black hole oh, and had, yeah. the, had, had the guy's had the face, face. Yeah, oh. the face inside, they're like, "What? What is what, happening?" What the, You're yeah, like, oh, it started to get like really slow, metaphysical you know? at the end. You're like, yes. what the hell's happening with yes. all this? Like that for some reason that when they were going to the black hole, they merged because yeah. they were always one anyway. Yeah, because eventually like, they were only one. Oh. Just, yeah, just it, it was. Well, to my in my like, it's one of the high watermarks of seventy sci-fi with the kind of themes yes. they were doing in that time. Yes. And the art style shows it. Like I, said, I just think what killed it was that it was a Disney film, and people did not expect what they yeah, got. Didn't expect this from Disney, right? Yeah. Yep. But those are our choices for films we believe need to reboot. Now, do you have other choices? Well, go ahead and throw them in chat, or if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and put them in the comments. Defend your position. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want like, oh, Rainbow Bright. Shut up. They're, they're already defend doing Rainbow that. Bright. You better have. You better. We're talking have about science fiction films. It. There's no sci-fi Rainbow Bright. Hey, 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 Rainbow Bright is pure sci-fi. Shut up. <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? <laughs> okay, okay. Duncan, I'll keep saying Dune. That's like the 18th time you send Dune. Dune has been remade in the early 2000s. It does not pass the 20-year test. Stop it. But Stop. I would not be mad if they made a new Dune film. No, But they'd have to make angry. a series. They'd have to make a series because it's too big. Yeah, it, it is. It is too big for a film. It is. And they, and when they redid it, they did it as a series. I'd love to see a reboot of Star Wars. That'd be great. <laughs> I said it. Someone had to. Someone had to. I'm serious. Start with episode four and go from there. Reboot the whole thing right now. Start from scratch, but keep the extended universe, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> new actor, new actress for everything. Han can shoot first again. Boom. Just... Quentin anyway, Tarantino anyway. directs Star Wars episode All right. four. Star Wars. <laughs> you thought you thought Moss Eisley was bad before. <laughs> Cantina of Blood. Oh my gosh. Uh, Reservoir Ewoks. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lando Unchained. The <laughs> there's so many films. Ouch. Ouch. Forbidden Planet. Yes, I'd love to see a reboot of Forbidden Planet. Oh, I love that film. I have that on DVD. Robbie the Robot, Forbidden Planet. Duncan, not a good choice. Ah, that's the one. Leslie Nielsen, when he still was a serious actor. Yeah. Ah, before Airplane? Yeah, that because that's what... Well, was the Airplane... Was that Airplane was before Police Story, right? Airplane was before Police Story. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so that's what turned him into a comedy actor. Yep. 
God, but that whole thing with the mental... Ah. Still a good film. Still a good film. Okay. That's all we got for today. That's it for today, everyone. Thanks for watching. And make sure to check out Max Leo and Elgarian, also of the Legion of Myth. Max's streams are on hiatus because Germany hates him. Yes. Unlike America, America still loves you, Max. Well, some of us. Uh, You can check out his YouTube, where he's doing the beta of Tempest Citadel. And check out Join the Beta on Steam. Also, Elgarian is streaming Shroud of the Avatar Forsaken Virtues Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central Standard. Uh, It's it's actually been really some great bang for the buck watching. Uh, It's informative. It's entertaining. Uh, it really makes you want to play that game because he's able to tell you stuff that I just had no idea of. And I really do. Yeah, he love knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. He can answer almost anything right off the cuff. So, yep. yeah, tune in. We also encourage you to check out Role Players of the Avatar, our Piota, uh, for the role playing dedicated players of Shroud of the Avatar and the Soda Help community at sodahelp.org. Mm-hmm. As always, here's our streaming schedule. Check it out. Follow all the streams every single day of the week. Something coming at you. Spend your weekends with Garthon and Heathen Dog. Spend your Thursdays with Garthon and Heathen Dog. Monday is all Heathen Dog for you, baby. Tuesday, Wednesday, Galagarian, and Friday, Max Liao. Well, well not yet, in, but coming, coming again. In February. Yeah, he'll be there again. That's right. That's right. He's there for you. And as always, you can like, subscribe, or comment. Uh, make sure to check out Twitch, twitch.tv slash Myth for all of our streams, past and new. Uh, YouTube.com, look for Legion Myth. Go to our Reddit page. Go to uh, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. You can also tweet us at twi- Twitter at Legion of Myth. Just tweet us. We'll tweet back. We'll have a tweeting thing. We'll be best tweety buds. It'll be amazing. Uh, on Discord, find us at just look for Legion of Myth and Facebook Messenger or join our Steam group at steampunity.com slash groups slash Legion of Myth. The audio version of this podcast is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and fine podcast aggregators everywhere. Do you have any final words of wisdom, Heathen Dog, before I talk about supporting us? Everyone, uh, I I really, really want to to have you put in the comments more and more uh, sci-fi movies that are at least 20 years old that need to be rebooted. Because, like like I said, when when I heard heard, uh, uh, yours... I was like, damn, I should have thought of that. And then Duncan Ido comes up with Forbidden Planet. Damn, I should have thought of that too. So give us more. Give, give, give us more. Maybe, maybe we can get a Kickstarter going. That's right. There are a lot of great films out there that really need to be looked at again. If they're going to remake stuff, we don't need a new version of Bad Boys. No, no, we don't. Stop it. That's right. We don't. We don't need a version of Mod Squad. Nope. Come on. Come on. Duke's Try Hazard did not read a reboot. Uh, as always, you want to support Legion of Myth. Go to patreon.com slash Legion Myth. Patreon supporters get more stuff. That's why you support it, kids. Twitch streaming at twitch.tv slash Legion Myth. You'd hit that subscription button. It would help everyone out. Our Streamlabs donation at twitch.streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth. Also directly through PayPal at paypal.me slash Legion of Myth. Or get our gear. Be cool. Impress everyone you know and don't know at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. A special thank you to our top subscribers of 2018. Valdahar, Hicks206 of DayZ, Sheris, Elgarian of Arpiota and Soda, Streamlabs, Valdahar, Erwin Rommel, McCool's Harem, Magical Catgirl, Fanboy, Spectral Fire, The Level Down Cat Catgirl, Armor Lover, and Heathen Dog. And through PayPal, Alan51. Thank you so much, everyone. We very much appreciate all you do. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. Remember, you have one life. Live it well. 
live it nerdy, and have a great darn anomaly.